morning. This is really fun. If you um, are surprised that you didn't know, yes, I am from the U.S. Shocker. And I did watch England be USA. Did anybody watch that? Did anyone care? <laughs> it was like, we're from South Africa. We don't care. Um, I was rooting for a draw, so I was happy with that. So now Tuesday, come on, USA. And England. I want both to win. Um, so we do work with young people, uh, 11 to 18-year-olds, teenagers, and I happen to have three of those in my house that are all related to me, so um, I enjoy talking to them as well. And I was having a conversation with my eldest daughter, Maddie, who's in the back of the room running the camera. She can turn it off at any point, but don't, please don't. That's, thanks, Maddie. She told me, don't move around much, Dad. Stay in the middle. So I put these stools here to keep me from going too far. So um, I had this conversation with Maddie, um, and she was, she was just like, how do, you, how do you figure out what to do with your life? Now, you can be asking that question as an 18-year-old or a 28-year-old or a 48-year-old, right, or a 68-year-old. That question keeps coming up as you do life, isn't it? I've done this for a while, now what's next? How do I figure out what the Lord wants me to do with my life, right? That's, that's a question for everybody in the room. But I love that she asked it, and, and so many, uh, if there's university students here, people who are graduating from secondary school or they're going off to university, they're thinking about this a lot. What am I gonna do with my life? What am I, what's next? How do I, how do I make the most of the life that I have, right? Aren't we all wanting to do that? We all want to make the most of the life that the Lord has given us. So when I talk to young people about this, I talk about this simple phrase, you need to find your shape. And they're like, my shape? What are we talking about here? And I'm like, not that shape, it's a different shape. So I, I have this um, soup pot that I thought this is kind of a helpful picture that we all have a shape, and these are five letters, S-H-A-P-E, that represent five different aspects of what makes us who we are. You guys may have heard this before. Oh, perfect, look at that. Come on. So I was like, this is pretty small, that's better. So the first one, S, as we walk through this, is your spiritual gift or gifts. When you become a Christian, you receive spiritual gifts, right? You get a gift or gifts that, um, that God gives you in order for you to bless other people, to use, right? Maybe that's teaching. Maybe that's prophecy. Maybe that's, you know, being really great administratively or helps or a counselor or whatever else it is. You get this special gift or gifts given to you when you when you start to follow Jesus, when you say yes to him, you get a spiritual gift. And that becomes part of your makeup. That, that begins to, to um, come out of you at, as a blessing to other people, and it becomes a, a bold part. You know, maybe it was written, you know, really lightly, and now it's a bold part of who you are. So as I became a Christian... I, I didn't know what my spiritual gifts were. I, you know, there's spiritual gifts test you can take. You can go online and take. 
And I discovered that I had the spiritual gift of exhortation. You guys know what exhortation means? I used to think that it was like just encouragement, just like, hey, man, keep going. You can do it. But it's more than that. Exhortation is somebody who not only encourages you, but is challenges you. It's like, come on, let's go. Right? You ever watched um, like these coaches on the sidelines when they're coaching a football game and they're like, come on, let's go. You know what I'm talking about? They got a megaphone out there like, let's go, people. That's exhortation. They're the people that are coaches or mentors that get you fired up. You're like listening to them and you're like, yeah, I want to do that right now. You want to, we're going to climb that mountain? Yeah, right now? Yeah, let's go. All right, let's go. And we go climb the mountain, right? They're passionate, they're fiery, they're determined. And I discovered that that was one of the gifts the Lord gave me. He did not give me the gift of silence, <laughs> quiet listener, just talk. I'll just listen. I, he didn't give me that gift. He gave me the, this one. Yeah? And we're all different, by the way. Everybody has different gifts. Are there any exhortation people out there, by the way? Any fiery exhortation people? Sean's over there. Yeah, Sean was up here. Woo! Every time he's up singing, getting after it. Anyway, so that's S. So, by the way, if you're in here as a young person and you don't know what your spiritual gift is, Start talking about it. Start asking about it. Maybe take one of the spiritual gifts test. But you have, if you are following Jesus, you have a spiritual gift or gifts. Not everybody has all the gifts. We have different gifts. And, and, and you're not going to get all the gifts. You're going to have certain ones, specific ones, right? Okay. Second one is H. H stands for your heart, like your passion. You know, it's the things that get you up in the morning, the things that get you excited, the things that make you mad, right? Like if you want to see justice done, you want to see things made right, that comes from this deep part of your heart, right? Those are your passions, and those make you who you are as well. And, and I remember talking to Maddie, and she's like, I'm just not sure what I am passionate about yet. She's trying to figure that out, and that comes as you get a little bit older and you get a little bit more involved in the rest of the world. But I can remember <clears throat> when I was 12, I found one of my passions. I went to see uh, a small little movie called Star Wars. You guys seen that movie, Star Wars? You knew I was going to bring up Star Wars, right? So I went to see Star Wars. And while I was back in the States just last month, I found the first album I ever bought was the soundtrack to Star Wars. This thing is worn out. I played it so many times that I could conduct it. I was proficient at conducting the entire soundtrack to Star Wars, every single song. Because that, I, I don't know what it was about soundtracks, but they moved my heart. Music moves our hearts, don't they? When we sing, I mean, just a minute ago when we were singing worship, I was like, Aunt, I'm not sure we need to talk. That was unbelievable. My heart was moved. I was stirred. And I remember as a 12-year-old thinking, I want to I write um, something like that. I want to write music like that that would stir people's hearts. And that began a process in me that continues to this day. <clears throat> that was a passion. All right? So you got to figure out what your passions are. What gets you fired up? You know, maybe it's climate change. Maybe it's, you know... 
Refugees, we got to help the refugees. Maybe it's, you know, I, I want to be a teacher in the schools because they need more teachers. Or I need to go to work for the NHS because they need good doctors. They need good nurses. They need people who will look after people, whatever it is. We all need to figure out what are our passions. Then we get to abilities. Okay, so you may be passionate about something, but you may not have the ability to do it, right? I'm passionate about NBA basketball. Ability, not so much. I can dunk when they, they take that goal in the back and they bring it all the way to the bottom, then I'm good to go. By the way, Ed over here, Edmund, he's got some basketball abilities. This guy can bring it. <clears throat> I found that out on a men's retreat. I was like, oh, okay. I'm not so much. But, uh, but we all have abilities, right? Maybe you're a really good artist or, or a tech designer or you're a baker or you make amazing games that people love to play. We've all got different abilities that were God-given. You see, all of these things that I'm talking about come from the Lord, right? These abilities, these um, spiritual gifts, the passions in us, they come from the Lord. For me, um, my ability was um, I'm a representative with some headphones because not only did I like music, but I was able to play music. So I started by playing the piano. My dad, fantastic piano player. My mom played the piano. So I have three older brothers. They were all playing the piano. So it was kind of a given, you're going to play the piano. So I started playing it, and I loved it. And then when I was eight, I remember being in school, <clears throat> and um, we all had second instruments we played in our house. So my eldest brother played the trumpet. The next brother played the French horn. The next brother played the clarinet. But I was going to be a little bit of a rebel, you know, no, no woodwinds for me. And I remember this, this woman walks into our classroom with a cello, and she was very beautiful. <laughs> and I thought, I want to play that. <laughs> the cello, Stuart, the cello. I thought, man, this woman, is she the teacher? I was like, are you the teacher? She's like, yes, I'll be teaching cello. I'm like, I'm signing up right now. Let's go. So I signed up, and I started playing the cello, and for the next eight years, I played the cello. And, and let me just say, if, you're, if anyone in here hears, oh, I should play cello, you just need to understand that when you walk into school as a nine-year-old boy carrying a giant cello, that's not easy. Because you have no room to carry anything else. People will <laughs> give you some stick. I used to have to whack people with my cello. I had a few holes in my cello eventually. But, um, but it's a great instrument. I loved it. I actually smashed my finger when I was about 15 years old and was unable to continue to play. Because I have a big scar on this finger and where you're supposed to do vibrato and I can't do it anymore. So I stopped playing cello, but I loved it. I love orchestra orchestra music. So that's one of my, that's one of my um, abilities. I can still play the piano though. And then you get to P. And P is personality. And we all have different personalities, right? Who's, um, if you're an extrovert, raise your hand. I'm not even going to ask introverts because they won't raise their hands. <laughs> They're like, not happening. You're not making me stick out? Nope, not happening. 
Um, some, there's extroverts, there's introverts. I'm actually right on the line. There, I don't know if you guys have heard that, a functional introvert where you like, Stuart's with me. You can get along, you talk to a lot of people, but then you're like, now I just need to be away from people for a few hours to recharge. Anyway, we all have these different personalities. Some of you, of us like to travel, and some of us are like, no, no, I just I like it right here in my house. Some of us are fiery, and some of us just laugh all the time, right? We've all got different personalities that make us who we are, and that's a beautiful thing, right? That's awesome. And this is part of your shape, to lean into and not be frustrated with who God has made you. See, I'm competitive. And for a long time, people would say to me, oh, you're so competitive. And they would say it in such a way, it sounded like a negative, right? And what they were saying is you're too competitive. You get too upset if you lose. And I just thought, that's because I don't like to lose. (laughs) It doesn't feel good to lose. So I'm, I'm fiery and I'm competitive. I like to win. Is that, is that bad? Come on, people, is that bad? No, that's not bad. I actually read this book, Now Discover Your Strengths. And for the first time in a book about strengths, it listed competition as a strength. I was like, yes, somebody gets me. But imagine you're going to play a game, right? You're going you're to have a team and you're going to play on a team. Don't you want people on your team that want to win? Yes, so let's go. So the other part of my personality is I, I like to do things maybe for the first time ever, to take a little bit of a risk, to do something that's a little cheeky. So I'm going to do something right now that's a little bit of a risk, a little bit cheeky. Is that okay? You guys okay with this? I've risk assessed it in my mind. So I'm going to throw this Frisbee to my friend Justin back there. Right now, Aunt and Helen are panicking. It's fine. I promise. Okay, he's laughing. That's good. That's a good sign. Justin, are you ready? Here we go. Don't reach up, Alan. And you just, you didn't want to throw it back? No, no. We practiced earlier, and he broke something, so we're not going to do that. No, just kidding. First time a Frisbee thrown during a sermon in Forest Town Church, right? Come on. I like first times. More than likely, last time Frisbee thrown at Forest Town Church during a sermon, but that's okay. So personality, and then finally is your experiences. Your experiences uh, where you grew up, maybe you grew up in a different country than here, and now you're living in a new country like me. Um, Brothers and sisters, maybe you have brothers and sisters, maybe you're an only child. Maybe you come from a family where mom and dad got along great. Maybe you came from a family, not so much. Dad left a long time ago, mom left, I don't know. We've all been shaped, right, by our experiences, by the lives that we've led. And even if you're only 10 or 11 or 12 or 13, you've still been shaped and are being shaped by the experiences you've had in life. And these all make up who you are. And they all help you figure out what it is that you want to do with your life. I remember, this is just a 
a shirt that I got when I went to India years ago. I could put it on if you want. Yeah? Okay. Stuart's always got it. All right. Here we go. Please tell me that was Beth Ann. <laughs> All right. I know it wasn't. So um, I remember going to India and to Romania to, on two missions trips. And um, God changed my heart. And I started getting a passion for young people. I remember meeting young people in orphanages in Romania who just were all over us, who just wanted somebody to touch them and hold them. I remember hanging out with teenagers in India who had leprosy and who just wanted somebody to touch them and be willing to shake their hand and put their arm on their shoulder. And it was through that experience that the Lord spoke to me very clearly, Michael, you're not staying in the U.S. I'm sending you somewhere else. And so I just tried to listen and be willing to go Whatever you want to do, Lord. And I started getting my heart really ramped up and turned specifically for young people, for 11 to 18-year-olds in this ministry of young life that we have. And, th and that's, that's my shape. It's all in here, except for my shirt. But once you go through this, there's still a reality check, right? Where it's like, okay, I get my shape, I know what all this is, but I also have to, you know, pay bills. I also need to, you know, live somewhere and eat and, and wear some clothes. And, you know, I need, I need to do all the practicals, have a car and all those things. How does that translate, right? How do we go from here, our shape, into, you know, just doing life practically? And, and um, I love that. That question is real and honest, and it's a question that, w that has been asked for thousands of years by everybody. It's not a new question. People were asking it when Jesus was around. They were going, how do we do this? How do we figure out life? How do we eat? I'm worried about everything. And so Jesus, um, he did this thing, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, right, right past what you just read today, Clive where he was talking about this. He was talking about a whole host of things, and he had thousands of people listening to him. And then he said this to everyone. He said, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothing? I mean, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of value than they are? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. 
But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows your need in all of them. But, and this is the crux, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then there's a promise with that. And then all of these things that you're thinking about, worrying about, struggling with, will be added to you. Right? So our shape fits in the soup bowl. It's in here. This is our shape. But what the soup bowl represents Seek first. What fits inside the bowl is a reminder that everything that we're thinking about and hoping to do and maybe going to do one day goes through the filter, the priority to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Right? So when you're praying about what next? When you're thinking about, this is, what, this is what I'm excited about, this is how I'm made, the question is, how does that translate into putting the Lord first? His kingdom first, right? That's how it works. See, our first calling in life, our overall calling in life that translates to every single person, no matter what your age is, translates to every single person, no matter where you live, no matter what your job is is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That is calling number one over everything else. Right? Amen? Seek first. I want you guys to, when you walk out of here today, I want you to be thinking, seek first. As you're trying to figure out your life, am I seeking first the kingdom of God? And his righteousness. Now, there's some other callings that go along with that that we're called to do, right? We're called to love one another. And that is universal. Doesn't matter where you live, doesn't matter what your job is, doesn't matter what your age is, we're called to love one another. We're called to serve one another. We're called to forgive one another. Husbands, if you have a wife, you're called to love your life for her whole life. Wives, you're called to love your hubby, even if he gets chubby. <laughs> right? Yes, I need that calling, people. But these are callings that are true no matter what you do. No matter where you live. They're all true. Seek first the kingdom of God. Now, here's the cool thing. When you do that... Okay, when you say yes to the Lord, I'm going to do what you want me to do, there's freedom in this. Because the Lord has given you, you need to be reminded, he has given you your passions, he's given you your, your abilities, your personality, your experiences, and your spiritual gifts. And he wants you to make something of it. He wants you to do something extraordinary with it. And he's giving you freedom to figure that out. You know, I remember... Um, when I first became a Christian, I thought the, the will of the Lord was like a tightrope. And you were walking on it, and you were just afraid of falling off. But actually, I believe the will of the Lord is like a highway. And, and there's a lot of space in there to figure things out and make decisions. 
you know, our Heavenly Father is like, I've given you these things, now go do something with it. I remember talking to this missionary when I was at Dallas Seminary. He was missionary in France. Because Ann and I were praying, where, do we, where should we move in the world, Lord? Where should we go? And um, this missionary said, well, uh, we chose France because we like the food. I said, that doesn't sound that spiritual. He said, it's very spiritual. I said, please explain. He said, ready? The Lord needs missionaries everywhere. Just pick somewhere and go. Right? That's pretty spiritual, isn't it? And by the way, we're all missionaries. We are all ambassadors of Christ, representing him wherever we go, and he needs missionaries everywhere, which means he needs bakers who are missionaries, who put scripture verses on their cups. Yeah? He needs that. He needs game makers and construction workers and teachers and physicists and Sparkies, come on, Noel. He needs all of them, and he needs us being missionaries wherever he's placed us with whatever passions he's given us and whatever experiences and whatever families. As long as we're saying, seek first the kingdom of God, it almost doesn't matter what we do. We just go and do the things that we're excited about that he's given us to do, and they may change, right? Come on. This is my exhortation getting fired up. Sorry. So, <clears throat> there's freedom in figuring out what you're going to do next. And let me just say that even if you're 16 again or you're 66, 76, maybe you finished your profession and you're still trying to figure out what am I going to do next. That's okay. Start with this. Seek first the kingdom of God. So, I... Um, I'm going to do something another a little risky. Is that okay? Sorry. I hope you, if you say no, then I, my talk will end much quicker. But um, so years ago when I moved to the UK, all of these things that the Lord gave me began to pile up. And I got this thing that I really wanted to do. Um, I love young people. I love sharing the gospel. I love music. I love theater. I love performing. And so I decided <clears throat> if the Lord would allow this, I would write a musical that we would take Young Life kids and church kids and mix them together where they could invite all of their family and friends along and, and they could come and hear about Jesus through this musical. And so I took a sabbatical in 2009 when my son was born, MB. Yeah, come on. He's also an exhort exhortation guy. And, um, and I wrote a musical called Here at Young Life. And um, writing the songs was easy. I'd been writing songs forever. It was writing the dialogue. That was like, whew, I don't know how to do this. But I figured it out. And we did this musical for hundreds of people in Hartford, in the Hartford Theater. And it was so fun. And so I thought I would play you a song from the musical. Is that okay? All right. Yeah.
So um, this song, there's a, a kid who shows up at a Young Life club. He's a rough around the edges kid. He's not quite sure why he's there. Well, he knows why he's there because he fancies a girl and she's there. And uh, his name was Jack in the play. And he was played by our very own Jack Scarf back when he was an 18-year-old kid. And, and he sang this song with this other girl. And, uh, and basically he's singing about, I, I'm not sure why I'm here. I'm not sure why anybody would want to have anything to do with me. But here's what I really want in life. So that's what the song's about. Some days when I'm amazed, I really want to have to think about God. Can you go back to the first words and just stay there until I move? There are some days when I'm amazed that anyone could stand to be around me. I'm that kind of guy. I'd rather be buzzed simply because don't really want to have to think about it i gotta keep up my disguise but the fact of the matter is i'm just like you all this exterior is hiding what is true
need my glasses. What's that? I need that too. So um, I did that because I felt like the Lord had given that to me, and I was grateful for that, grateful for the time to do it. My question to you and the rest of us is simply this. What is the Lord given to you to do? Right? What are you going to do with your shape? What are you going to do to follow the Lord? To seek first the kingdom of God. Doesn't matter your age. Doesn't matter what job you're in right now. The question is, are you saying yes? Whatever you want to do, Lord. Wherever you want to go. I want to go there too. Yeah? If you're a young person in here today, keep seeking after, listening to your mentors, listening to your Sunday school teachers, listening to your parents to help figure this out. If you're a 20-something or a 30-something, figure out somebody, keep praying and keep going, Lord, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do? And it might get scary. You might have to move. It might be um, completely out of your comfort zone. But I promise you this, the Lord wants to use everything about you, your personality and your gifts and your abilities to do something amazing for his kingdom. I believe that for every single person in this room. So my hope and prayer is that you leave here today asking the question, as I'm seeking first the Lord, what, what would he have of me? What would you want me to do now? So we're gonna, I'm going to pray that over all of us as I finish. Thank you, Lord, for the chance to be here, to hang out, to talk, to share, to sing. God, our, our question, our, our, our hope is that we would all seek first the kingdom of God, that we would follow your lead, that we would say to you on a daily basis, whatever you want to do, wherever you want to go, whatever you want to say, that's what I want. I belong to you. I'm following your lead. It's all about you, your kingdom, and our hope and prayer that others would find you as well. I pray this in Jesus' awesome name. Amen.